0: Hello, everybody. Hi, this is Gwendolyn Galsworth, or should I say this is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I'm your host on this, our weekly radio show about letting the workplace speak, the visual workplace welcome. In each of our shows, we look at some aspect of that, of how to embed the intelligence of our operational system, our intelligence, into the living landscape of work through visual devices and visual systems how to install the language of our current level of operational excellence, our understanding of that, and make it concrete and specific by way of visual devices, visual solutions, and groups of solutions that we call systems and mini-systems. When we do that, we can literally see, literally see how we think. We see the devices. We see the information they capture the elements of our operational system and we can see even predict how that system that thinking those devices will function because of those devices because we have captured it. Visuality is an embedded system. It is your operational system embedded through these devices and why do we bother? We bother for the exceptional bottom-line benefits 15 to 30% increase in productivity, we often see, especially if we're starting on the value-add level with operator-led visuality work that makes sense. We see improved safety. The safety function is embedded thoroughly, both through our safety team, but through everyone who uses the area. Because everyone who uses the area is part of a group called Visual Thinkers. Your employees who have learned how to identify, to spot motion, the enemy moving without working, and the information deficits that trigger that motion. And then they have learned how to eliminate both through solutions that are visual by creating visual solutions. Not cookie cutter solutions, but particular, peculiar, dazzling solutions that are just right for the locale for that department, for that operation, for that company. And you see tremendous gains in quality, especially if you keep moving up the kind of visual food chain to Pokiok, mistake-proofing, and more aligned delivery, shrinking costs, of course. And throughout, a growing cultural alignment, a spirited and engaged workforce on all levels. Think about why. Because visuality is a language, therefore, we are speaking the same language. We're communicating well and completely and on time. This helps every relationship. It helps every spousal relationship, every friend relationship, every business relationship, and why not across the workforce. Clear, transparent information sharing, visual information sharing. And we also enjoy ourselves at work. And we grow. We grow. We grow as people because we're more fully invested in our work. We're contributing. more. We can bring more of ourselves to work. And our company is growing because of our inputs, our contributions. The enterprise becomes increasingly aware, fluid, flowing, Mm -hmm. prosperous. And to that I say, oh, wonderful. So welcome. Welcome to the visual workplace. Today we will complete our discussion of the Visual War Room right after a couple of announcements. I want to say something about our new website. Remember <laughs> my shows on this theme, The Start, and how the, stop, the start stops us. It's the start that stops us. Remember I did a couple of shows on that. And I think that is the story of every new product launched, no less so a website. You think you got it right. You attend to all the telling detail and you launch. And that's when more telling detail crawls out from under the rug and rears and rears their lovely heads. So we have a fine new website. I really like it. Visualworkplace.com. We launched just before Christmas and we are still sorting through some of the telling detail. We're sorting through it and oh sigh, 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 sigh. That's the way it goes. Do visit us at visualworkplace.com. And if you see anything that is not quite pr- trim and proper, please know that we see it as well. And we are working on it. <clears throat> and by next week, I'm thinking that we will have a fine new e store. Wait till you see this. It's really gorgeous. I think it'll be up by next week, maybe by tomorrow. We're supposed to be up last night. <laughs> And yes, we do sell things. We sell things related to visual workplace knowledge and know-how. Books, work that makes sense, smart, simple design, visual thinking, visual systems, DVDs. We have our splendid new e-learning systems. They are simply excellent. And if you're on a budget, we are about to launch a monthly installment plan to help things along. Currently, we offer work that makes sense. This is 11 wonderful modules, uh, 900 examples across these 11 modules. And if you buy the whole system at once, and you can do that on our budget plan too, it'll be in place soon. If you buy the whole system at once, we add another four webinars. They're about an hour each on various behind-the-scenes things, creating a color-coded border system and also uh, strengthening your infrastructure, your improvement infrastructure, things like that. We also have a, a bonus webinar on <clears throat> getting your supervisors on board and how they can lead blitzes, visual blitzes. In a week or two, we'll be offering mistake-proofing for engineers, which uh, we have co-authored with our wonderful friend Martin Hinckley, who wrote the book, Make No Mistake. It's really excellent. And not long after that, the visual machine and then visual leadership coming up the rear. That will probably be it be it for this year, next year we'll have more. These learning systems take me alone about 100 hours um, to create and get just right. And then um, the, the rest of the staff adds more hours, probably another 30 hours. So they're quite time-consuming, but the product is very, very fine. We think glorious color, wonderful examples, interactively presented, and On Demand, what better way? These are the exact same materials I use when I'm on site. Okay? I recommend them highly. And uh, you can, as I say, you can get one learning module. That's about one hour session. Just pick which one. There's a menu. Or the complete system. So details are on our website, visualworkplace.com. Or you can call us at 503-233-1784, 503 503- Two three three one seven eight four, or email us at radio at visualworkplace.com and yes we deliver everything on site as well if that's your preference we will be on your demand that's fine <laughs> so we're going to start our show today and I have our listener call-in number which is into voice america if you've got questions please call this is a live show I love your questions I welcome them So let's begin. On to today, The War Room, Part 2. The War Room is the third of the three visual leadership tools for executives. There are three tools for supervisors and managers, and this set the series that we're in now is the three tools for executives. If you recall, the first tool is commonly called the house. I call it the operation systems improvement template. And it functions in a particular way, I think, in a, a more importantly amplified way than simply the house, the house of Toyota or whatever. We had six or seven shows on that. The second is, that's that's the first tool, the second is the X-type matrix, and the third is the war room. As I developed the visual leadership, this visual leadership methodology over the past 12 or 15 years, I understood that it was important for executive leaders, and I include in that plant managers most definitely, to have a means for structuring in their decision making so that Decisions that they made would not only work in concert, work together, but also came from a clear, well-ordered, and if you will, inspired executive mind, good decisions, connected decisions. And since I am in the field, I noticed how powerful visuality was in helping that along. And when I looked at it, I understood that it was the structure that was the answer to holding these pieces together in a single format. The format allowed it to happen. The physical format provided the executive an opportunity to think, to imagine, to engineer and map out outside of him or herself. Each of the tools that I named a moment ago begins as a blank piece of paper and onto this paper I'm sorry, each of the two tools the the house and the X type the war room actually is the page the war room is the format more about that in a moment I'm leading up to it we begin with a piece of paper and on that paper is a two-dimensional format, a structure, and that format, whether it's the X-type format or the house, is the teacher. It is both the way we learn how to use the structure and how we use the structure itself. Structure, providing the executive an intimate focus on his own mind, her own mind. A focus that is, interestingly, both inside of us, both within and without, out, outside of us. All executives come to their positions with a wealth of experience. That's one of the requirements to become an executive. You've run the road. You know the drill. You've done it. You've done it wrong and you've done it mostly right. You bring experience. You've learned. You represent a wealth of experience. So we'll pick this up after our first break, which is coming up right now, and I'll build on that, and We'll it'll take us to the war room. You'll see. See you in a moment.
1: From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Revez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program.
0: Welcome back. Welcome back to the second part of our show today at the Visual Workplace. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. And we were just in the discussion about structure as the answer, and I was moving towards talking about the executive position, but I want to back up a little bit, and I want to uh, address this question of why is structure so important and so effective, and kind of take, take apart these ideas, so you know that even though it is your experience, you'll have words to explain it. One reason that structure format, even on the page, we're not even talking about the larger architecture of visuality that we find in devices, but format that is on the page, a two-dimensional format, the X-type matrix diagram, which we showed in our um, e-newsletter in February. I think we might have shown it twice The house, which we've shown, I think it was back in January or December. But these were constructs that are in our newsletter. We publish a newsletter every week, The Visual Thinker. And that always, we started this last fall because we wanted to give our listening audience, we have about 70,000 people listening to us a month. We wanted to give our listening audience the opportunity to see the kinds of things I was describing and we'll continue doing this as I get back to other parts of visuality when we finish this series. But, the, but what you see in the X-type matrix and in the house is structure. And what that is playing into is brain function. Specifically, it is bringing, it is playing into the function of our brain that deals with space now we know that there is a huge difference between spatial memory and short-term memory short-term memory is fleeting we don't remember what what you said we don't remember even what we did but when we can see things physical things sticky notes drawings diagrams in a framework of space it's called spatial memory Our memory is fantastic, splendid. You take advantage of spatial memory when you move into the visual world and as I have said repeatedly, 50% of brain function is reserved, of that resource is reserved for finding and interpreting visual data. If you will, spatial data. Stuff that we see. So, when we're using the structure of a two-dimensional format, we've already moved into a more powerful exchange than a conversation. A conversation works because it has so much emotional um, framework around it. Because the emotions are there and we are using our feelings when we talk. And our memory is anchored in that. But when we are thinking quietly, in lieu of simply thinking within the confines of our minds, we bring that thinking out, we put it, we structure it on a piece of paper, and it puts us in a much more powerful position. Physical ideas are easier to understand, to manipulate, to prioritize, to um, manipulate. I said manipulate already. (laughs) Okay. Okay later on we see that these physical visual two-dimensional tools will also build a shared understanding and that's important that's definitely functioning in a in the war room so i wanted to add a little bit more about what i said about structure just before the break and i was moving into that executives who who is who are the focus of visual leadership for the executive function and for these tools, this set of three tools, they come to their position anyway with a great deal of experience. And over the course of their work, they use that experience to respond to the moment, to respond to the responsibilities of their jobs as executives. But that is not the same as leading. And organizations need leadership, some of them badly, very badly. And that's the position, the whole posit of this series and of my work in visual leadership and of the book I'm writing pretty much in parallel to these shows, that we need to learn to be more effective leaders. And we turn to visuality, to visual leadership to help us and to help us mightily. Despite what we may read in the popular literature and the conversations on LinkedIn and People Magazine, a very large component of effective executive leadership is an individual perspective. The lens is the I, (laughs) but in this case, I mean the I as the individual, the personality, the individual executive. Lots and lots of executives manage, and many of them manage well but few of them lead. Few of them lead in such a way that it is directional. I'm not talking about the demand and control model of leadership, insist on and get actions or responses because of your position or authority, the kind of military model, do as I say. I'm talking about executives who can handle the details of their jobs, who can keep things going, but who also focus on the growth of the company as an outcome of their work. Stability first, and then growth. And huge corrections need to be made in in the executive mindset to move it away from the demand and control model. But what do we replace it by? Being nice to people? cultivating your team? Well, of course, that's a part of it. It's a part of it. But leadership is different. That's a part of being a leader. It's a part of modeling good values. But it isn't the whole of effective leadership. It's a component of it. If there is any single way I would describe a leader, it would be as a decider. Leaders make decisions, and we hope the right decision, the correct decision. The buck stops with them, they decide. And as mentioned in many of my earlier shows, to decide is to select between two very similar choices. That's what the Latin means. I used to be a Latin teacher many lifetimes ago. I lasted one year and then I decided to do something else with my life. But I loved it. I loved. It. I was very, very good at Latin. Decidere, decidere. It means to separate. To it actually means with a knife to cut into, to cut into, to decide. And leaders have the discernment to pick the one that is right for their organization. At a particular time. The shorthand of this is said, as I like to say it, leaders have to say yes to the few and wait to the many. So for me, a leader is first a decider and something comes next, but let me say a little bit more about where the deciding comes from in the this array of three tools. The deciding the direction, the framing of the direction in relationship to your customers and your market begins with the house. The operation systems improvement template looks like a house. It's not exactly the Toyota house. The Toyota house is very deceptive if we try to use it for our own organizations. It works for Toyota because they have so much backing it up. It's a shorthand for them. It's like a laundry list. It shows some preferences, but it doesn't show direction. doesn't show relationship. Really, it doesn't. You can listen to those past shows. I go on and on about that. So the purpose of the OSIT, of the Operation Systems Improvement Template, is to frame the direction and then to connect your strategic direction with your tactical requirements. In a broad broad stroke. What are the tactical changes that have to happen to support this strategic direction? And that brings us to our second tool: the X-Type Matrix. This is the leader's opportunity to prioritize the requirements that, the, that, that he or she saw in the house and turn them into goals, and those goals into specific projects that when achieved will result result in money made or money saved the discipline of money very handy that discipline of money i like it very much i think it's a good final metric <laughs> it's the big it's the difference between making it and going down the the bathtub <laughs> drain <laughs> the x type requires us to pin Resources as well, resources onto the decision. Who will do it, the people, when and how much time will be needed, time, and what will it cost, the money. Resource it. And that's the X type in a nutshell. On a single page, in fact, on a single page. And you work that through because these formats show relationship. And they are by definition in balance and you have to find a way to get your thing to balance within that already balanced format so those are the first two tools define the direction and deploy it defining it is begins with the with the house you further refine that in the X-type and you create your deployment plan and that in a quarter will get you a hamburger on Tuesday. <laughs> There's some kind of a little saying like that that I've, that I've heard. I think it comes from a comic book from the 1920s. I don't quite get it right. But that in a quarter will get, will get you a hamburger on Tuesday, something like that. <laughs> so the leadership framework at this point is incomplete. It needs a second defining dynamic. It has deciding. The first and second tool and the third, the, the, I beg your pardon, the second dynamic, the one that goes with deciding is driving. Deciding and driving, deciding and driving, deciding and, spi- and driving. You also need to inspire and align and verify. You need all those things, of course. But deciding and driving for me is the telling difference. Of all the leaders that I've seen and all the leaders that I've admired. And most of them have had lovely personalities as well. They've groomed the outside. But on the inside, they're barracudas. They're looking for lunch. And you are lunch. Everything is lunch. If you've ever been around piranha or barracuda, they have one instinct. Eat. (laughs) The war room is there as a tool for the executive to use. It allows them to drive. To drive, not just to deploy a plan, but to drive that plan. And we'll pick this up right after our break. We're going to slide into a break now. I'll be here when you get back.
1: America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about Workplace Visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Welcome to the unique job search community of Lynn Radice Live you do have the power to land the perfect job. If you are unemployed or underemployed or looking for your next career move, tune in to Lynn Radice Live. Get a job, no excuses. This is a first-of-its-kind job empowerment show. Lynn will identify the most critical needs in today's job market and show you how you can get a top position today. Get ready. Let's get hired. Lynn Radice Live airs live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program.
0: Hi, welcome back. Welcome back to our third segment of our show today at the Visual Workplace. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I have the pleasure of walking you through the construct, the usefulness of the War Room as a visual leadership tool for the executive That's what we're talking about today. We started that last week. We're going to complete it today. I will not be able to go through every uh, glow and glimmer, but I do want to give you the broad framework, and I hope you're interested. And I want to say right now that the war room has three stages. One of them looks like a room with a lot of data on it. It is simply a... It's actually sort of like what the uh, Toyota calls Ubeya. Uh, Toyota uses a um, visual-based product development process called Ubeya that puts everything on the walls so that your action team, this is especially in product development, goes into a room with all the data and they make decisions they throw post-its up on the wall they throw their charts up they have an action board they have an issue board they have all of the they have their objectives and their expected outputs and their metrics and whatever and that's very very useful and that is stage 1 of the war room for product development it's a big jump forward because we're no longer at our desks all these separated pieces we come together as I said before, the war room is the page. The war room is the way that we physically and visually meet. And we have a lot of data on the wall. We often see this also when, machine, when uh, companies are machine-driven and they're trying to keep track or they're trying to get an understanding of what's going on with all their machines. They'll have a kind of machine reliability or equipment reliability room that presents not only all the machines, but their status and what they're doing and how they're planned out, etc. And this is so far superior to meeting in a grubby little room in some corner of the shop floor and looking at the production schedule for the day and kind of getting the planning to meet capability and manpower issues and all of that, which... You can go into 90% of every factory in America and see. Meeting in the morning with the planner and the scheduler. Usually he or she is not that well connected with the reality of the production floor. And yet it's better than just receiving phone calls because you usually there's a, a screen and the screen has a projection of whatever the list is that the planner is working from or whatever the protection requirements are. It's, you know, better, but it's still no cigar. So stage so stage one war room is a big jump up from that where you I, you identify the critical components of information and you put them in the same room. They're physically there. Usually this is a room without chairs, That you simply walk around, someone holds the attention of the room, someone leads the discussion and moves around the room as though it's a PowerPoint. But instead of flipping and reducing our focus to a single screen, we've got the four walls that are covered with data and we begin to become acquainted and familiar with those. This is stage one of the war room. And it's important. And most companies will stay there for a year as they get acquainted with their production process or in the Obeya room in their product development process. But we move on from there. So the first stage is important and you, I, my guess is, whoever you are, you have to start there. You have to start there by putting, in a sense, everything on the wall. But because... That everything doesn't have a valence. You haven't yet made one thing more important than another. It's okay. You just have a flood of data and it's going to help you come together and create some level of synergy. Do that. We all have to stop somewhere. So you put up your scheduling boards and your production control displays and it's very useful. And in some companies, as I said last week, it's revolutionary. But it's only a beginning, a stepping stone, this stage one war room. Don't get stuck there. In fact, you will use the room less and less if you don't make it more powerful. You'll use it, but you'll send somebody. You'll delegate. Instead of showing up yourself, Mr. or Miss Executive, you'll delegate. Because improvement is a dynamic process, we have to improve our war room as well. And the job of the executive is to turn those lists or reports or all that data into a tighter focus. That's your job. This and not that, not yet. This and not that, not yet. Let's focus on this. Let's, let's, let's reduce the number reduce the focus so that we can dig more deeply. Let's target a select set of priorities, not everything, less than everything. That's your job as a leader. Not just to name what is important, but to name what is more important. I mentioned this last week, this is your job. It's all important, but what's more important? That's the executive mind. What's more important? I didn't say what's less important because you will rarely be able to say that anything in your company is less important. Everything will bite you. You know, that's like our website. Every, we thought we had the telling detail and now there are other details that are biting us. We have to attend to them. We don't have any choice here. It's important. So it's not that something is less important, it's something is more important. And you have to name what is more important. Say yes to the few, wait to the many. That's why we pay you the big bucks. I said exactly this last week. So you have a war room plastered with stuff or LCD monitors. So helpful because we're using our spatial memory, because it's physical. These ideas are physical. There's a shared understanding. Fantastic. Move on to stage two. Stage two is a reduced focus. That is when you begin to use the walls, the spatial landscape, the room architecture for your purposes. And you've named your purposes through the house and through your X-type matrix. In this level of War Room, you will see templates, for example, this is one way to handle it, a placard that represents not every department, but some departments. And you get to choose those departments. Out of 12 departments, you might choose four to begin with, or eight. Better start with four, because you need to get the hang of things. And you will require of those departments, the managers will report in a fashion that will help you and everyone else see, decide, resource, and drive. That's a more expanded view of decide and drive. See, decide, resource, and drive. And for example, for, just for example, you'll have four departments up there And on each one, there'll be some KPIs. Safety quality, cost delivery, core KPIs, the problem named. And I hope there will be some stacked metrics. There will be metrics, and you'll see a picture of this from a distance. You can't read it line by line, but you certainly can get the impression of this placard, which is fairly complex, fairly mature. This placard of stacked metrics that allows you to see causative factors in your KPIs that will allow you to see what's in the dot, see what's in the trend line. Not just a dot, but what's in the dot, the causative factors, and you'll stack that. If it has to do with quality, it you might decide to illuminate that metric by stacking the kind of material that is involved in that particular product, and to see if you're having difficulties with material or or, or compliance of um, incoming material, whatever, or your your um, your supply chain, your supplier. You might want to illuminate that aspect. Incoming material sucks. It's causing us all kinds of problems. Let's keep track of our, de- of our defects related to not just how many defects, but how do they segment. This is where the stack data comes in. And that stack data gives you a platform for viewing Cause. The Toyota production system and all great production systems have a hidden agenda. This is not discussed. Honestly, I have never heard this discussed except in my own mind. (laughs) And that is causality, going down the causal chain. But that is what I observe in the great companies, that they have a handle on a requirement to understand causality. And they do. And so, in the second stage of War Room, instead of having just data, the data has a focus and a target, and it is a reduced set of data. Because what you're doing is you are teaching, as a leader, you are teaching your direct reports how to improve, quite literally. You are requiring them to understand cause. And you do that through the war room. Later on in stage three, easily three to five years later, because you're going to have so much fun in stage two, it's going to give you such, did I say easily? Stage three is easily three to five years. That's stage three, three to five years later. You're going to have so much fun in your stage two war room because you'll finally get control. You'll have this sense of control over your corner of the world. And you'll work it through and work it through, and this is such important work, such a contribution to the health of your organization. In stage three, you're going to be able to focus on growth. You, you will have corralled and controlled the behaviors of your organization in terms of good outcomes versus disaster, <laughs> bad outcomes. You'll have that under control and you're going to have resources and you will develop, expand your war room to include a component of strategic growth. It'll be right there on the wall. It'll be one project that we're going to do with this excess resource we have that used to be gobbled up by the problems, that used to be gobbled up by learning how to improve those problems. You'll have one project, you'll have two projects. You'll have 15 projects that are all strategic growth, occupying an entire wall of your war room. While the other two walls that look at how the departments are doing are simply a part of your routine check to make sure that you maintain that excellence, that level of operational excellence. The fourth wall will be where the, the projects are that come out of that. Two walls for the focus on the departments, one wall on the projects or the fixes that come out of that, that view, and the fourth wall in stage three for your strategic growth. Hope is, not a pro, hope is not a strategy. Hope is not a strategy. A system is not a strategy. This is Rick Page. From his book, Hope is Not a Strategy, the essence of strategy is allocating resources to the place and time that best exploits your competitors' weaknesses. This is entirely out of reach. Pre-War Room, entirely out of reach in stage one. You're beginning to approach it in stage two and you embrace it in stage three. So we're going to go into our next uh, next, and our final break, and we'll finish this up when uh, we get back. I'll be here. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> See you in a minute.
1: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program.
0: Welcome back. Hi, this is our fourth segment. And we do have some mission-critical things to go over before we end in about 10 minutes. So let me see if I can march through them. Right before the break, we were talking about Stage 3 of the War Room, which is sophisticated, powerful, driven. This is where you have organizations that eat us for lunch barracuda organizations that have the capability and have the resources because they have saved so much money or made so much money through their improvement efforts they have the resources to come after us and they have killer products and killer killer infrastructures so I'm a great proponent of the war room. I have a few more very specific things to share with you about it. I won't be able to cover everything. And yes, we would love to work with you on building your war room. But let me say, you do not have to have an X-type matrix to move on to a war room, although I recommend it. You don't, do not need to fashion an operation system improvement template to move on to the war room but it will strengthen you if you have it you can simply implement a war room because it will help you and you can go through the stages S- stage one simply visual information sharing on the walls it, make everything co-located in a single room so that you don't have to search for data it's right there spatially right in your face (laughs) okay you can do that remember the war room is about the how the house is about the what the X type is about deployment the war room is about driving if you don't have anything to drive you will stay you will pull in stage one war room where you simply share information you'll be missing the components of direction. You'll simply keep doing what you have been doing, and if you're doing it well, you'll continue doing it well, more than likely. But it is not an aggressive improvement position. And there's a lot of protocols. You know, you, there's a certain way of, of, of helping the side executive or the improvement executive move through the war room, uh, shoulder to shoulder with your side executive. There, there are certain protocols to follow, and I think they're very important to have the right um, behavior on the part of the of the um, leader, so that the war room process, which, as I told you last week, for me should be 19 minutes. You can go back later if you want to have a small group and meet in the same space, but for the war room daily meeting to develop the cadence, to develop the rhythm of improvement, this is what the war room is for. The war room enables you to develop cadence because it is there. You marry that to Once a day, every day, 19 minutes. People know they're going to have a short, very focused meeting. They're going to get in there. They're going to do whatever tasks they're supposed to do to be ready, short, one-day tasks, and they're out of there in 19 minutes. And go back to the War Room for longer meetings. Of course. It's there as a resource. Okay. Appoint proxies if you can't be there. Take it very, very seriously. The leader is in charge of choosing the focus day by day without explanation because he, she is trying to make decisions and is driving. Oh, there's so much to be said about this. But let me in the few moments, few minutes that are left, pull together for you the four main, I beg your pardon, the five main purposes of the war room. So that you can see how this comes together and you'll have a kind of template of thinking. I I think it's very important to kind of organize things into constructs like this. So war room purpose one, and this is from the point of view of the leader, is to afford the leader and the direct reports that are with him, of course, with her, an opportunity to understand, to grasp the current situation and to comprehend its implications, its scope, its impact, its meaning. That's purpose number one. Purpose number two is to target, to keep a steady eye on the horizon you first named in the house, and to stay on target, and to notice when you wiggle. War room purpose three To resource, to identify the resources needed to make sufficient progress on these mission-critical tasks. In one company, uh, one of the ways that they did uh, this—this was at Moog. My my great friend Brian Holstrom put this in place. I believe he put it in place, or he benefited from it. That if there was a set of people who had uh, yellow vests on, if they came into your area, everything stopped, you gave them their full attention. They were a SWAT team, and they needed immediate responses, immediate resources. So they were uh, the SWAT team representing. They don't, this, this particular plant didn't have a war room, but at any rate, they had the feeling of the urgency of driving improvement. It was very useful. The war room purpose, number three, is to resource, to rally the resources needed to apply to these mission-critical tasks. War room purpose four, to drive, to keep on tasks, to compel with steady pressure the tasks that are critical to reaching the destination, to drive, to look at your stack metrics for feedback. And war room purpose number five, is to reveal and build to reveal the company's current improvement capability and to build it the war room is the executive leaders line of sight where the evidence is of the ability of his or her company to drive improvement to respond to stay on course to get up, get results and this is a wonderful opportunity for executives to not just see it but then to build it and to use the war room as the structure for building it to require these behaviors the protocols and to meet daily to develop that cadence every day in this room 19 minutes so that covers the broad strokes not how you're going not (laughs) not every single troubleshooting thing that will come across But I hope that I've inspired you to consider the War Room and to consider it as a part of your improvement plan. It's very important. We're available to help you if you want us to, but I think there's enough here for you to at least start on your own. And then if you get into trouble, let's see what happens next. I had a good time with you today. We're going to finish up our visual leadership on the executive function our visual leadership next week and then we'll move on to other topics. I think it's time. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll be here uh the next time. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. I'm signing off.
1: We appreciate your joining us this week for the visual workplace. Work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening.